Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everybody was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers. And they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Let anyone with ears listen. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Beloved family of God, grace and peace to you from God our Creator and our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Now there's a sermon within this text I think that we'd all recognize we'd all be somewhat familiar with. It may even be preached in a pulpit or two around the world this morning, and it goes something like this. The world out there is full of weeds. The weeds are all those bad things and those bad people out there. Thank goodness God has the wheat like you and me, right? The wheat like you and me, people like us who go to heaven while all of those weeds out there go somewhere else. It sounds familiar, right? We know this kind of insider-outsider rhetoric. To be clear, that's not the sermon you're going to hear this morning. <laughs> but we're familiar with this view of the world, right? Everything is binary. There's good and there's evil. There's right and there's wrong. And since, there, since we're all here together, we must be good and right. And everything outside must be evil and wrong. Now the problem with this is, among many, that it misses Jesus' point entirely. He begins by telling the crowd, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. That's what the story's about. That's where the story begins. The, the kingdom of God is like someone who goes and sows good seed in the field. But while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. It's important that we see that before the enemy shows up, the kingdom of heaven is simply described 
as someone sowing good seed in a field. But then we're put on alert. There's an enemy. Jesus is one sentence into his parable, and we already have the neighborhood watch assembled with flashlights and headlamps, and we are ready to go. Just say the word, Jesus, and we will find that enemy. We get into these ways of thinking. We're suspicious of everyone. Our desire to love God and our neighbor either gets put on the back burner or taken off the stove entirely. The problem is is that the enemy's already left in the story, right? The enemy sows the weeds and then leaves. That's what enemies of God do. They show up just long enough to cause some trouble and then they leave. The first thing, the servant's question, is the wisdom of the sower. Are you sure you planted the right seed? Everyone's questioning one another. Are are we sure this is right? Are we sure he grabbed the right basket of seeds to go out and sow in the field? But the landowner is calm. He invites the servants to have patience tells them to stand down. He says, for in gathering the weeds, you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. Now, most commentaries around this verse note that the the weed in question here is probably a a plant called darnel, and it's a, a toxic plant that was very prevalent in ancient Israel. But the hard part is that it looks an awful lot like wheat as it grows. You really can't tell the difference until the plant matures. Because wheat plants have uh, the little head of seed on top and they slump over a little bit. While Darnell continues to grow straight up. The owner of the field that know, knows that once they grow up together, they'll become apparent. Once they mature together, the distinction between the two will become apparent. But the weeds and the wheat in the meantime must grow together since the destruction of one can lead to the demise of the other. The wheat and the weeds are in the field together. I think one of the ways that The forces opposed to God work is trying to convince us to take control. We know which ones are wheat. We know which ones are weeds. Just let us out in the field and we will uproot them all. But in doing so, we damage the wheat. In doing so, our discernment can be overshadowed by our zeal to uproot everything bad. So the landowner says to stand down. Have a little patience. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at the harvest time, I will tell those who reap, collect the weeds first and bind them into bundles, but gather the wheat into the barn. But then Jesus moves on in this story. He leaves the crowd with that cliffhanger to begin another parable. And if you notice, there's a little bit of a gap in the story today. We went from verse 24 to verse 30, and then we skipped a few verses and started back in verse 36. In those verses in between, he tells more parables. He tells the parable of the mustard seed, right? About this faith being like a mustard seed that begins so small and yet takes over everything in the garden. 
tells this in front of the crowds and then goes back into the house. And it's not until he is alone with his disciples that they ask for an explanation. And I think there's a couple things in this explanation that, are, uh, that catch our attention. And I think it's a, a powerful thing for Matthew to include for a couple of different reasons. I think the first reason is that it shows that even the disciples, even those who were following Jesus day in and day out every single day, are incapable of understanding what Jesus is saying of their own accord. That there are so few people who actually muster up the courage to ask. My hope is that what we see Matthew raising here is that when we ask questions of Jesus, when we ask questions of God, when we're not sure exactly what is happening and we come to God with our questions, we're not met with condemnation. We're not met with dismissal. Instead, Jesus understands the question, understands the nature of his disciples' curiosity and responds openly. A second thing I find interesting is where the disciples' focus is. <laughs> when they ask for an explanation. Jesus just told them a story of people planting wheat in their fields. But the disciples, in all their humanness, don't ask for an explanation of the story of the wheat. They say, tell us about the weeds. Tell us about those that don't belong in the field. Tell us more about them. Tell us more about the threats. Tell us more about what's going to happen to all those weeds. I think it has kind of a twofold impact for us here today. I think at first glance it, it seems like a story that Jesus told a long time ago that doesn't resonate in the same kind of way that it did back then. But I think it actually fits into the story that Matthew has been telling this whole time. Back in Matthew 7 when Jesus was giving his Sermon on the Mount, he talks about judgment as something that we leave to God. Judge not, lest ye be judged, he says. And I think this parable fits right in line with that command as a reminder that we are not the ones to judge the wheat from the weeds. I think on a second level, it works within ourselves as well. Because the wheat and the weeds don't only exist out there, but they exist within us. There are things within us that are life-giving and nourishing. And there are things within us that are sinful and death-dealing. Martin Luther had a way of describing this that he says, In a way, we are simultaneously saint and sinner. We are in communion with the saints through the gift and the power of baptism we're redeemed by the power of God and the gift of the Holy Spirit and yet we remain in this world still sinful and in need of forgiveness and those things happen at the same time we have wheat growing in us in our capacity for goodness and joy and mercy in our lives we also have weeds growing in us, in our capacity for selfishness and judgment. Like we sing every week as we prepare to come forward for communion, that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. 
Jesus is the gardener who takes away the weeds. Jesus is the one who redeems us from our capacity for sin. And Jesus is the one who invites us into life of communion in God. So until that day comes, what if our job is to nurture the growth in ourselves and the world, to nurture the growth of the wheat, to nurture the growth of the good and the joy and the mercy and the love in our lives? What if our joy is to bring life to all of it, to make sure that everything thrives? Is it a wheat? Is it weed? I don't know. It's not our job to sort it out. Our job is to nourish and bring life. The sorting is above our pay grade. It's not what we have been invited to do. Our job has been to be out in the field, to nurture and tend the field, to bring abundant life. We tend and we nurture through worship and prayer. We tend and nurture through community outreach. We tend and nurture through service to others. We tend and nurture through pie and ice cream, which is my personal favorite kind of tending and nurturing. Because this is what we're called to do as servants in God's garden. Tend and nurture. Together we tend and we nurture. We love and we show mercy. And we trust in God to sort out the rest. And so we say thanks be to God. Amen.